Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Airmic Talks, your fortnightly podcast from the UK's Risk and Insurance Management Association. Well, Airmic Fest is almost upon us, the UK's largest ever virtual risk and insurance conference taking place Tuesday 22nd to Thursday 24th of September. And in the next 15 minutes, we are going to be bringing you some snippets of what to expect from the 27 workshops that are planned over four time slots during Airmicfest. And those 27 workshops are on top of the opening panels on the first two mornings and a series of four seminars plus our keynote on the final day, Thursday. It is really important to emphasize that while all of this content does have scheduled start times during the conference and will be followed by live Q&As, they will also be available on demand after Airmicfest finishes. So delegates do not need to worry about two great sessions clashing. They can catch up with more content at a later date. The Airmicfest platform will remain active until March 2021, but you do need to be registered in advance of Airmicfest to access it. Registration is free for Airmic members and sponsors of Airmicfest, and it is just £100 for other delegates to attend. An absolute bargain. Well, as I mentioned, there are 27 workshops over four time slots on Tuesday 22nd and Wednesday 23rd of September. We, of course, can't feature all of them in a single episode of the pod, but I have tried to pick a bit of variety of what's available from a diverse group of our partners. You can view the full list of workshops and register at Airmicfest fest.com and of course the relevant links and information will be in the episode description as well but joining me now is karen jenner from tmf and and karen you're going to be presenting a workshop on international program pricing just don't forget about tax that's workshop a6 on the 22nd of september karen i think you've got lisa coomer with vodafone and Emmett member with you and colleague joseph finbo with you as well uh, can you tell us a little bit about what this session is, is going to be covering yeah sure richard so as you know at tmf we specialize in ipt insurance premium tax and other charges specific to contracts of insurance important stuff but on its own i'm sure you'd agree rather dull uh, so our workshop is planned to be somewhat broader and is aimed at anyone that's involved in multinational insurance either those familiar with or those new to global programs. We want to look at the different ways and structures in which multinational risk is insured in the market, and then look at the compliance requirements of the varying elements and mechanisms that provide cover within a master control program. Surprisingly, how the program is structured not only drives the cost of the tax, but also who's responsible for filing and settling taxes due on the program. Uh, Most people think that the responsibilities lie with the insurance company, but on a global program, um, there may be obligations on either a local broker or a local insured entity, depending on how the business has been written. And yes, we, uh, Joe and I are very excited that we've got Lisa Coomer, Senior Insurance Manager at Vodafone, joining us. She's going to add a couple of different dimensions to the conversation. One is as a risk manager and a buyer of insurance, sort of taking the view of the policyholder, whether that be at parent company level or at the local insured entity level. And secondly, uh, with the eyes of an insurer due to her involvement with uh, Vodafone's captive miracle. So Lisa's going to share some real life 
experiences and examples of some of the issues that Vodafone's experienced with their multinational programs. Great, really, really interesting. Uh, definitely look forward to that. I've heard Lisa speak a few times before, as well as yourself and Joe. And it's always, you do, as you said, it's not always the most interesting topic, the tax in, uh, insurance premium tax topic, but you do do a very good job in making it a, a bit more relevant more broadly, as as you mentioned. Why do you think then that this topic is, is particularly important for EMIT members and insurance buyers to be uh, aware of and be informed about uh, right now? As, as dull as it may be, compliance is always topical, always important. I, th- I think if you add to that the hardening market and resulting changes maybe to the more traditional program structures for, for multinationals that we see, it's kind of important to understand the differing consequences and requirements of any changes to those programs. If you further add into the COVID piece, we know that governments are going to be seeking revenue. Uh, indirect tax is a source of revenue that sort of doesn't directly hit the pocket of the uh, voting population. You know, who's to say whether we'll see IPT rate increases to help boost revenues locally, you know, or maybe we'll see tax authorities focus on an increase in audits to to sort of identify additional income. Uh, So I think, you know, taxes themselves, again, can can be a weighty amount uh, in comparison to the premiums involved in global insurance programmes. So I, I kind of think it's always an important topic. Fantastic. Well, Karen, we will see you on the 22nd of September at 11.30am. See you then. Look forward to it. Thank you. So thank you to Karen. And from having heard her, Joseph and Lisa speak together before on this topic, I am sure that will be an excellent and very informative workshop. Well, next up is actually a session at the same time as Karen's, Tuesday 22nd at 11.30am. And it is A2, Warranty and Indemnity Insurance, if we'd known then what we know now, with speakers George Minaprio of Callagher, Richard Penton of AIG, and Stuart Hogan, Senior Manager for Global Forensics and Litigation Services at Baker Tilly. And I caught up with Stuart to discover what the session is all about. So we'll be talking about warranty and indemnity insurance uh, with a a focus on claims and our experience of the claims handling process. W&I Insurance is designed for parties involved in M&A who are looking to protect themselves from financial losses that arise from inaccurate information or false information being given at the time of the transaction. We'll explain what W9 Insurance actually is, how it works and how its deployment and use has evolved since first arriving on the insurance market. The panellists that I'll be joined by are all experienced WI specialists and will be providing insight from the perspective of insurers, brokers, forensic accountants into how claims arise and what the current claims trends look like and how losses are ultimately measured under the policies. Great. Yeah, it's always really good to see uh, kind of the mixture you've got there in that panel. As you said, obviously, uh, the brokers covered by Gallagher, you've got uh, underwriters of AIG and, and yourselves, the forensic accountants at Baker Tilly. So it's really nice to have that balance and perspective. It normally makes for a, a great session. Um, in terms of why you think this is a particularly hot topic right now, is, is there any reason you mentioned some of those trends there? Is there any reason why this, this should be top of people's minds? Yes, uh, the the product is gaining more and more traction within the market and a significant proportion of corporate and private equity M&A deals now utilize the product. Uh, There's an increasing use of the product, the wider coverage offerings that are available and the significant number of claims being made. It all lends to this being a, a pretty good time to discuss what the product does, 
how the policies respond to claims and not only for those that have already taken out the cover but also for risk managers corporates and private equity firms that are less familiar with w9 insurance and are keen to know more fantastic sure well uh hopefully we'll look forward to seeing you at air mcfest on the uh, on the 22nd of september absolutely thank you richard so that was Stuart Hogan from Baker Tilly and sounds like another truly excellent workshop that should be of interest to many members. Next up in our mini preview is session B4, managing through to the next normal, mitigating the financial impact of COVID-19, hosted by Marsh. The workshop is at 2pm on Tuesday 22nd September and will focus on how risk managers support the financial health of their organisations. But here to tell us a little bit more about the session is James Krask, Xenia Vice President and Head of Resilience Advisory at Marsh. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, this session is all about um, learning from the experience that we've uh, we've been through over the past six months. And, and boy, has it been a, a challenging year so far. Uh, we've learned an awful lot about what is good about our business resilience arrangements and also where we're perhaps falling short. And the kind of topics I want to cover in my session include um, supply chains, um, how we make sure that they're more resilient for the next major crisis event. How do we get a better grip on um, on handling information and uh, managing um, information in a, in a crisis that is, is fast moving? And, and how do we make sure that our business continuity and risk management arrangements are up to the task of, uh, of, of dealing with uh, uh, these kind of big global crises. Um, so the session is going to be partly about learning from uh, from what we've been through recently, and also looking into the future to uh, to explore how we can better work together as a, a risk management and resilience industry or network uh, to, uh, to to help our organisations thrive for the longer term. Well, my next question, James, was going to be uh, kind of why do we think this topic is particularly important right now? But I think I think it's quite obvious why it's particularly important right now, this topic. So I'm not going to ask you that. But do you think that risk professionals and, and AMIT members included in that group are being looked to more regularly now from within organizations at a high level and, and at board level to provide some input on kind of uh, the financial impact of these events and the role that risk professionals can play? Is, is that role going to become more important? Oh, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, if you look at most large organizations, they've had some form of crisis response or incident response team running since January. Um, and at the heart of that process are risk management professionals, resilience professionals that are the glue that hold it all together. So, you know, that their time has come almost in, 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 in organizations, in helping organizations respond to these kind of crises. Um, and I think we'll be leaned upon more in the future because uh, one of the things that this, uh, this, this crisis has helped us uh, to achieve is to raise our profile internally within our organisations and demonstrate what we, can, what we can do by way of adding value to, uh, to senior decision makers when, uh, uh, when times are really tough like they have been recently. So that was B4 with Marsh. And last but not least, I could not not choose the workshop I will be moderating, of course, on Wednesday at 11.30. My session will consist of a sharp 20-minute presentation on the use of virtual captives by Nigel Bamber and Thomas Keist of Swiss Re Corporate Solutions, followed by an extended live Q&A. It is C7, Virtual Captive Risk Financing Solutions, and will begin at 11.30am on Wednesday 23rd of September. 
I caught up with Thomas for him to tell us a little bit more. Thomas, uh, one thing that uh, I mentioned in, in the presentation is that, you know, in my seven or eight years of covering the captive insurance market, I've often heard the virtual captive concept mentioned uh, in passing and almost as something that happened in the past and something we don't talk about as much nowadays. Can you tell us briefly what a virtual captive is? What is that concept? Yes. Uh, basically, a, a virtual captive is number one for those clients who have decided that the captive approach to risk financing is what they need. So that's number one. And then if they have decided that a virtual captive comes into play, if you look for alternatives to setting up a real captive, and that can be for various reasons. The most obvious one is the one that, uh, you know, setting up a captive and running it is costly and has some complexities, number one. And uh, number two, also you have uh, basically uh, when you want to uh, exit again from a captive, it is again a complex process and uh, therefore you know need some consideration whether you really want to be in that for the long term and with a virtual captive it's an easy exit because at the end of the day it's an insurance agreement and you can just not renew uh, just not renew it why do you think the virtual captive conversation is an important and relevant one to be having in in the current market that we find ourselves in. Absolutely. I think it's extremely relevant and we can see that uh, due to the search uh, in demand and inquiries on all sorts of captive, but certainly also virtual captive solutions, because not only do uh, prices for insurance increase dramatically at the moment uh, all over the world, basically, but also capacity becomes more scarce and therefore, uh, you know, alternatives to uh, finance risk become very popular. Well, thank you to Thomas, Karen, Stuart and James for providing these previews. Hopefully, if you weren't already, your interest has been suitably piqued and you'll be registering for Air McFest imminently. The link to register is in the episode description and a reminder that it is free to attend for Air Mc members and sponsors with a discount code. For those who do not qualify, it is just £100 and you'll have access to the Air McFest platform and all the content until March 2021. So it really should be a no-brainer. I look forward to seeing you all at Air McFest.